0: You're in for a treat, everybody. I want to pray for Julie before I give her the microphone. Because, Father, we need your spirit. We need a spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of our heart will be opened, that we will grow in seeing you and knowing you, loving you and obeying you. Anoint Julie with your life and power. The fullness of your spirit rise up. Energize all the gifts that you have given her to proclaim your word boldly as she brings it to us this morning, because that will honor you, God. Amen. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, everyone. You might want to open your Bibles to Habakkuk. Habakkuk, doesn't really matter. It's the same guy, and it's probably not uh, pronounced like either of those. Anyway, so uh, open your Bibles. And it's in between Zephaniah and Nahum, okay, two other minor prophets it's amazing that a a three chapter book has so much relevance um to us i hope you're not um Habakkuk fatigued yet but there's there's still more <laughs> um and yeah i i've personally found it incredibly relevant as the year has unfolded uh the different things that God has spoken, and what we are to learn from it. So just really quickly, because I want to zip through a little bit of revisions. Last, last time I spoke, I was really delving into the first part of chapter 2. And uh, I've called this, by the way, God as he is, let the earth be silent. I love those passages of scripture, you know, when someone's had a revelation of who God is, and then they're like, I'll just be quiet. I'll just be quiet. Let my words be few. Ecclesiastes, you are God in heaven, and here I am on earth. Let my words be few. You know, Zephaniah, so many. Anyway, so just revision. Chapter 2, verse 1, uh, the first thing mentioned last week. Oh No, no, not last week, last month, um, that we see from Habakkuk's life that he cultivated the discipline and delight of waiting on God in prayer. He was not moving he had some big questions that needed answering. And I don't think he knew how God at all how God was going to answer these big questions about his justice and, God, why are you allowing certain things to happen and, and why? Why don't you intervene? Where is your justice right now? And he's committed to standing on the ramparts and seeing what God will say to him. Secondly, God begins to speak. And you see that at the... You know, God's first words, his reply, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it, for the revelation awaits an appointed time and speaks of the end. So you see quite clearly here that God is unfolding a global and eternal plan in the nations. This is what he ends up communica- you know, communicating to Habakkuk. And it's not exclusive to Habakkuk, actually, So many prophets, when they asked for an answer for what's going on here and now, they were given this enormous perspective and it's like they were seeing what was near and then they were seeing what was far and they had to record that. Can you imagine trying to write that? We looked at Hebrews 10, 35 to 39, because when you cross-reference what the writer to the Hebrews says, you realize... Wow, actually, that there, that, that verse, verse 3, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. In Hebrews, as the author says, just skip through there, as the prophet Habakkuk says, in a little while, only a little longer, the one who is coming will not delay. But my righteous one must live by faith, for if he gives up his commitment, my soul will have no pleasure In him, we are not of those who give up hope and so are lost. We are of the company who live by faithfulness and are saved. So you see, the the writer to the Hebrews brings that messianic promise to the fore and takes what Habakkuk was shown and appoints it to the Messiah. Okay, really clear. The next one, 2 verse 4. See, okay, the revelation goes on. Here it is. See... The Lord says the enemy is puffed up, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. So that's a very, very important thing to remember. When you see the proud and the wicked puffed up and lording it and exalting it and saying, this is what's going to happen and that. And and this is what we remember. God knows that he knows that he sees it all. He says, I know. And here's my word. The righteous one will live by his faith and his faithfulness to God. The next thing. Oh, well, let's just look at that for a minute. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, where the writer says, Faith, this is the wonderful definition of faith, is the assurance of things you've hoped for, the absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen, and it was by faith that our forebears were approved. And we just talked about this is, this is the foundation for the gospel message. It's faith in God. It's faith in God's provision for salvation. However God says, however he says to do it. And of course, in the Old Testament, it was through the sacrificial system, right? The sacrifice, the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sin was being reinforced over and over and over again. But it was pointing to Christ. Christ. And then, when the Passover lamb was sacrificed, we see the fulfillment. You see, God's provision. If God said the provision temporarily is this, put your faith in me for that, and it will be given to you. Do you understand? Right? And that's how it is. But now we know it's Jesus. Now we get the plan, it's Jesus. So that is faith, putting our confident hope, having assurance in these things and the absolute conviction, and there are more realities that are going to come. We're waiting for him to return. There's more. It's a little easier to have faith when you're looking in hindsight, isn't it? When you're looking towards what you can't quite see so clearly, we really have to dig in bunker down. And know the word of God. So God's instruction to Habakkuk is simple. If you want to live. You have to walk by faith. You must have more confidence in me. Than in what you see with your eyes. And understand with your mind. And Samuel Whitfield said something very similar last Sunday. what What you see and think and perceive. I think he said. Understand with your mind. So. That's the simple instruction. So here we are now, Habakkuk 2 and verses 5 to 20. Would you follow along in your Bibles I just want to read this? It really is important to read this. So we're picking up after that sentence, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Indeed, wine betrays uh, betrays him. This is talking about the the enemy, uh, the evil leader. He is arrogant and never at rest. Can I just add in there that the context for Habakkuk is the the leader, the ruler of Babylon, who God is sending. But it's also foreshadowing a day that is to come and a wicked leader and a, uh, that, that is coming. So he is arrogant and never at rest because he is as greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied. He gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. Will not all of them... Taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? How long will your creditors suddenly, how long, how, will not your creditors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their prey because you've plundered many nations and the peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed human blood and you've destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain, setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plotted the ruin of many people, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the wall will cry out and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town By injustice, has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire, that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? Well, listen to these responses to Habakkuk's questions. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wine skin till they're drunk so that he can gaze on their naked bodies. You'll be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it is your turn. Drink and let your nakedness be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you and disgrace will cover your glory. The violence you've done to Lebanon will overwhelm you and your destruction of animals will terrify you for you've shed human blood and you've destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies for the one who makes it trusts in his own creation? He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It's covered with gold and silver. There's no breath in it. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Chapter 3 follows, and I'll just give you a heads up. It's a, a beautiful song of praise and worship as the Lord reveals himself and has revealed himself and he's speaking through chapter 2 and out of that swirl of his words, out of that place of encounter, out of seeing so much more than he could ever write down, this song of praise arises from Habakkuk. Chapter 3 is probably the chapter we know the best because it has all the good stuff in it. Right, That's why we have to spend more time on 1 and (laughs) 2, which is leading us to chapter 3. And we'll get there. All right, so that's today's reading. I just want to say that in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 6 to 14, I'm just going to summarize. Evil may flourish for a time, but it will be brought down. That's the summary of all that, the woes. Woe to you. Woe to you. You think the Lord doesn't see? You think the Lord doesn't hear? Woe to you. Though it flourishes for a time, it will be brought down. But my righteous ones will live by faith. Here in the West, we haven't, in this generation, had to live with that, actually. Not the stuff that's going on in other places in the world, we haven't experienced that in the same way. But the season is changing, isn't it? We know it is. Habakkuk 2.16, this is another summary idea in that section of Scripture. The judgment of the wicked is assured, right? We just don't get to say when. We don't get to tell the Lord how we think it should go. We get to join in with his plan and put our trust in him that a witness to his glory and his plan and his faithfulness and his love and him being revealed the way he wants to be revealed, which is now through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is preached to principalities and powers. Do you get it? That's now what we get to do. Jesus has already done it, hasn't he? And Paul says, oh, if they only knew, if they only knew the principalities and powers, they thought it was game over. They thought they killed him. No, no, no. No, no, no. He laid his life down because he knew the big plan. Do you know the big plan? Are we willing to follow in the same steps of Jesus? For the Father's glory and now for the glory of the Son who paid the price that this plan could unfold, that all who believe, all who put their faith in Jesus would have everlasting life and join in to see, be part of the, the heavenly throng of, <laughs> the great cloud of witnesses cheering on the next generation because it's going to happen this is the perspective revelation 16:19 just to remind you it says there that god remembered babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath there's many places in the scriptures where this is prophesied habakkuk 2:18 Another key passage of what value is an idol crafted, carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies for the one who makes it trust in his own creation. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. The big idea, don't put your trust or your faith in anything other than God and his word. Everything That can be shaken, said the prophet Haggai, will be shaken. And anything that is not of him, anything that is not built on a solid foundation, it's going to come falling down. And I think that's one of the things as we're gathered in sacred assembly In these coming weeks, we say, Lord, show me the things that I'm actually putting my hope in. I I don't even realize it, but I'm clinging on to certain things which make me feel secure. All kinds of things. But Lord, I want my security to be in you and in the fact that I know you. And I've gazed on your beauty and I've read your word. And if you'll just give me the grace, Lord Jesus, I'm going there with you. I want that established. We might even pray, Lord, kick out the crutches, kick out the things. That I'm going, well, if plan A doesn't work, there's always plan B. Habakkuk 2.20, the final verse. This is a powerful verse. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. This is like a. You grasp the holiness of that moment. Of what Habakkuk is seeing. These glimpses of judgment. Power and glory in judgment. Are whoa. The Lord is holy. Revelation 8 verse 1. After the. The seventh seal is broken. There is silence in heaven for about half an hour. That's what John writes. About half an hour. How did he work that out? Did he have a, like a watch on? I don't know. There's silence. As the seventh seal. The judgment seal. The Lord is in his holy temple. We need to grasp. We need to experience this. I need to experience this. I need to be in awe of the Holy One. Seated in his heavenly temple on his glorious throne. Who's overlooking all of created order from beginning to end. I need to. Be in awe of him. I need to just sit in silence and contemplate him. I need to let my words be few. How about you? The Lord is always enlarging the lens through which the prophets are looking. He wants them to have a higher vision. To know God's eternal plan. To write about it. To preach it. To teach it. Right? to exhort the people and in their life, through their life, in their lifetime, to live, to march according to the beat of that distant drum, what they've seen, the far off. That was what empowered them to preach the way they did, to speak the things they spoke and to take the consequences for doing that. So, the righteous person will live by faith in the eternal, enduring, victorious will of God. Let me just change that sentence for a minute and say the righteous person will live by faith in the knowledge of the eternal, enduring, victorious will of God. Knowledge as in experiential knowledge. I know. Because I've studied it and the Lord has confirmed it to my heart. I know and I live in that. Let's do a little bit of practical application here. How are we stacking up in the current challenges? That could be anything that's going on in your life, actually. Anything. Personal to you. what if that personal crisis just take it personal for the moment what if you took that to the lord like habakkuk i wonder where god would want to direct your thoughts we insist so often on the answer for that immediate problem but haven't we seen through this whole book haven't we don't we see that with isaiah with jeremiah with daniel is like, Lord, 70 years, and boom, he gives him this massive revelation about the appearing of the Lord hundreds of years in the future. God wants to lift our perspective higher. Always. Always. What's a current pressure that's dividing people across our nation, even Christians? Just think of one. Who dares? <laughs> Who dares mention? <laughs> vaccination, did someone say? Yeah, I heard you all. The COVID 19 vaccination, isn't that a current pressure that's dividing people? It seems like, irrespective of whether you, you, you're a Christ follower or not, yeah? Let's, let's have a look at this. Let's apply these principles this is our this is a this is a crisis for people it is what would the Lord be trying to do through this for a people who are not used to persecution let's say right people are not used to maybe being told what to do or whatever it is or not used to. Not being able to have all the answers for everything. I don't know, whatever. Whatever the, whatever you think this pressure and crisis is about. What would the Lord be wanting to do? What do you think he's wanting to do? Over and above the, the jab, you know? I mean, look at all those ads. I mean, well, it's like the jab, the jab, the jab, the jab, the news, the jab, the news, the jab, on and on and on the jab. You know, we could make a song about it. What is the Lord wanting to do? Lift our vision. Lift our gaze a little higher, do you think? Could we say that pretty confidently? Yeah? Live by faith, someone said. Oh, that's good. That's in the text. (laughs) But my righteous one will live by his faithfulness to God. I think this is good to ponder. How does God see it from his heavenly perspective? Instead of me from my little minuscule perspective. You know what I mean? It's good to ponder this. Would he say something like... Let's see, what would he say? If I was God, what would I say? Would he say something like, You fear what you don't know. You fear the rise of evil and wicked men. You fear their evil thoughts and intentions you fear that which you don't know but I tell you one who's coming and you'll be lined up and you'll simply be asked are you a Christian or not are you a Muslim or are you a Christian death to you well that's a perspective isn't it what have we been praying about all week all last week and the week before The people who are experiencing martyrdom or about to. And you know what? They, this, is, this is not a new thing. <laughs> but it's hit the media. So it's a shocking thing for many people. And yet every single day people have been martyred for their faith. Maybe God would want to talk to us about that and say, I think... There's a fear in your heart, maybe even the fear of death. Can I take you higher? Is there a fear of getting COVID without the vaccination? Is there a fear of getting something, I don't know, conspiratorial worse if you take the vaccination? Either way, looks to me like you've got an issue. Are you willing to die? Is that not our issue? Would God perhaps want to talk to us about that? Do we love our lives too much? Well, the writer to the Hebrew says, We're not of those who shrink back. Revelation 12, They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Did they did not love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. Maybe this is a little uh, warm-up. Do you think? Maybe it is. Maybe there's a lot we can learn from Habakkuk after all. Yeah? We need to fix our gaze on things above. Paul wrote to the Colossians, where Christ is seated, Lift your gaze. Oh my goodness. Lift your gaze. I was speaking to the young people on Friday night and I said, I've never, never been part of such narcissism in a generation. Not that I've lived that long, but you know what I mean? It's like everywhere I look, I can see myself. <laughs> and it's all about me. All about that photo, that little selfie. Oop. Two minutes has gone by. I need another one. I don't know. That's just how it seems. Whoa! Well, God wants to expand our perspective. It's so not about me individually, but about the bride that He's preparing for His Son. Right? Can we look up there a little? Uh, perhaps if I was doing an ad right now, I might say something like, "Take the jab for jesus you know <laughs> i don 't know, but like get the perspective whatever you, you know whatever you 're thinking about the jab, I want to give you a few principles from scripture they 're principles, they help us because you know it 's going to get tougher than a needle. I hate needles that 's tough." <laughs> I'm one of those ones, you know, as I've had to really battle fainting every time. So it's it's a major expedition, all right. But <laughs> we soldier on. <laughs> these are light, these are light and momentary troubles, <laughs> okay. But here, what we need to understand is there are differing opinions. And some of you right now might be thinking, you're making this too trivial. There are differing opinions, so let's get into the Word of God, shall we, and see how he says to manage these things. So there's some scriptures. I'm not sure if you've put them up yet. No, there we go. All right. Let's look at... Well, actually, we don't have much time. I've just looked at the time. But I'm going to quickly go through this. Romans 14 and 15, well, at least half of it. Paul has some really good stuff to say. Now, it's a context Obviously, the context is different. He's talking about food and differences, you know, because the context of the whole book of Romans is that the Jews and the Gentiles have come back together because the Jews have been allowed to come back to Rome. Long story. You don't need to know all that except that the context is they have differing ideas on things. That's, that's it. That's the common denominator. They have differing things, ideas on things, and basically, essentially, if you read that passage, and it's a good lengthy passage Paul says a bunch of things which points to his ultimate message which is love one another deeply. Consider one another. And the way I I, I look at that is, if someone is fearful help them to come up out of fear. Don't tell them that they're doing it wrong and you've got to do it this. That's the worst thing for someone with fear. Right? Help them to come up To what God would want them to stand on. Help them. Help one another. Verse verse 5 of chapter 15. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, that's it. One mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make it about him. In the days ahead, do you think the pressure is going to get more intense? Do you think there's going to be more opportunities to look at each other sideways? And go, you're doing that? No, that's not right. There's going to be lots What if the government says, well, only those of you who are vaccinated can go to church on Sunday? Well, then what about the people who have taken that principle that says, where Paul says in these chapters, if you don't have the faith to X, Y, Z, don't. If you have the faith, do. Because you see, the thing is, everything must proceed from faith if it's going to please God. So we've got, he talks about the weak and the strong. We've got differences of ideas and opinions. But then we have to consider the people. We might live in a household where somebody is vulnerable. Now, I'm, uh, you know, I'm fit and healthy. I could take it. But what if my neighbor, especially if they don't know Christ, What if their life is being put at risk if I don't have that? Do you see what I'm saying? Oh my goodness. Wow. You think we're going to have to kind of come out of our little bubbles and really start to walk in community where love is the highest goal and consider one another and not... Grasp on to my right to have my own opinion, because, you know, Jesus laid everything aside. He didn't consider equality with God. He was God. He is God. He's the son of God. He's the God man. He laid it aside. And if he hadn't done that, none of us would have received eternal life what could the lord be wanting me to lay down for the sake of the unity and the love right these are these are questions we have to start we're getting ready you're getting ready yeah get ready cuz we're going to have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling let love prevail let the love of Jesus be exalted in our midst. Consider others. Have the same mind as Christ. 15, chapter 15, verse 19. Let us make every effort, wherever possible, to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. And that's not even about have it, don't have it. Okay? I want to tell you, and I'm speaking for Wayne and myself, we're, to, we're just going to be bold here right now. We have both had it. Is that okay, sweetheart? <laughs> Can't take it back. But I would not counsel people in serious... In, I would not counsel everyone. It would depend... On where they were at. And how I could love them. But I would point them to Jesus and say he does not want you to be afraid. He does not want you to be afraid. Do you hear me? Okay. Let's not make this about issues that divide. Make it about for his sake. Let us love one another. Do you hear me? 1 Corinthians 9, Paul's use of his freedom. To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. And I do all things for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. It's an eternal perspective, right? Again, you hear it. It's an eternal perspective. It's eyes off me. It's Jesus. Oh, I need to hear. Those of you who have read or are reading the biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, put your hand up if you're reading that right now. Oh, let my words be few. (laughs) Let my words be few. I don't want to stand in that place of criticizing a man who did something that a lot of Christians think, how could he do that? But I did not stand in his shoes. I did not have the knowledge he had of atrocities. When he got involved in the resistance movement, let my words be few. God, that's not even mine to judge. He gave his life as a martyr and he gave it gloriously and he gave witness and testimony to Jesus Christ as he did so. Hallelujah. The glory of Christ. The glory of Christ. Let his glory be manifest in our lives. Questions to ponder. Is your love for Jesus growing? These are the big questions, by the way. Is your love for others growing? Are you gazing at the beauty of the Lord through worship, reading his word, and through prayer? Sometimes we need to fast media and internet just to check out if our heart would lean in a different direction without all the noise. Yeah? Try it. David, the Psalm 27 reality, he knew this. He, It's written for us, one thing I ask from the Lord, this is what I seek, a man who was hunted down by guys who are like the Taliban, <laughs> the Philistines, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This is what I ask. This is all I need, Lord. This is what I'm petitioning you for. I want to gaze on your beauty. I want to seek you in your holy temple. For in the day of trouble, you will keep me safe. In your dwelling, you will hide me in the shelter of your sacred tent. you will set me high up on a rock. David had learnt that he 's writing out of his experiential knowledge he 's giving us the key gaze, gaze, eyes up when you feel your eyes going down up, <laughs> we need to tell each other up, <laughs> everyone up. <laughs> Don't move your gaze. Oh, my goodness. And at the end, he says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Wait. If that means a little silence, wait. Wait. Perhaps we just need... When we're working something out Maybe we just need to work it out quietly Some of us are internal processes That's not usually a problem <laughs> Some of us are external processes And we need to just zip it up a little bit Because <laughs> what you're saying may not be helpful For that person who's going I was afraid and now I'm terrified <laughs> Out of love For one another out of respect and reverence for Jesus Christ. I want to take us as a worship team. I want to ask you to come up now. I want to take us to a very wonderful scripture. Jesus in Luke chapter 21. So he's giving them all the signs of the end of the age. And yeah, it's it's um, really interesting to be reading those chapters now. But there in verse 28, he says, he says this. When these things begin to take place. Stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. It's kind of like what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said as he was being taken to the gallows My life starts today. (laughs) And apparently he was radiant. And the doctor at the site said, I've never seen someone die like this. I've never seen it. Let's stand together in your life. This is our time to shine. This is the time for the body of Christ to shine. We who know the end, don't we? Jesus wins. Yes, you're allowed to clap and cheer. (laughs) He wins. He's victorious already. And he's waiting now for his enemies to be put under his feet. And I tell you, there's a witness that's rising up in the body of Christ. We are going to be, I don't care how fearful you feel right now. Jesus says, you can be full of hope and full of peace. The question is... Are you going to get to know Him and take on His Word and embrace that posture? Because that is your God-given inheritance. You live at such a time as this, for this hour. We live as the body of Christ to declare Christ to the principalities and powers. The manifold wisdom of God in this hour, right now. Let's not be afraid and let us not... Put one another down. Let us not judge one one another in those ways. Come on. Let's lift one another up. Hey, you're talking with someone. Listen to their heart. Lift them up. Come on, but you've got to be lifted. Daniel, the prophet Daniel, remember? Remember what the man said to him. Daniel chapter 12. The wise will shine. Like stars. He's talking about the end of the age. He's talking about all the trouble and all the turmoil. The wise will shine (laughs) like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. You see, many are going to come to righteousness, to faith in Jesus, and it's not going to be through some feeble, fearful testimony that I won't even get out my lips that's not the plan that's not the plan everyone (laughs) hallelujah that's not the plan are we going to stand up come on let's sing it together there's time to get oil (laughs) the wise get oil come on Matthew 25 it's time to get oil